This is the Lunar Lab Podcast with Becca Piastrelli and Maya Toll. Get the whole scoop from two friends in the trenches of conscious business as we try to balance our spirits and our spreadsheets without losing our minds. Join us in the sacred, raw, and very real lunacy. We are recording as the new moon is coming into Leo. So we're going to be talking about leadership and how we can step into that role in our own businesses and in our own lives. We seem to always be packing these episodes with lots of extra goodies and things you might want to look up later. So be sure to go over to the lunarlab.com and check out the show notes. So let's talk about Leo. I'm excited to talk about Leo because I just had a birthday and I'm like feeling my Leo and I am feeling just like my lioness roaring and I love talking about leadership, especially with you. So let's dive into that. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to be feeling your Leo? Like, what is that for you? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> you set yourself up for that. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Um, I used to feel shame when I would read like my horoscope as a kid, I would read that Leo's were like, um, I would translate it as being bossy and attention seeking and loud. And so whenever I would read the Leo horoscope, I'd sort of be like, well, those aren't good characteristics in a girl. And, um, even though like I was sort of like a little bit bossy and would organize <laughs> things and loved to perform and, and, and sort of like bring people together. And I had a magnetism that I was aware of from a very young age. And, uh, recently in the past few years, I've really come to like own that part of me, both the shadow side of it and the like beautiful light filled side of it. I love that I can gather people. I love that I can lead with humor and honesty I love that I can sort of perform and make people laugh and smile. Um, and I love feeling empowered in my ability to lead. You know, I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking, what's with the horoscope shame? Because I, I was totally ashamed of being a Gemini. Oh, really? Chatty Kathy who can't stay on task, flitting from this to that, right? I was like, I don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to me because... I didn't believe in it. Like I had this, I don't believe in it. I think it's all bunk and bullshit and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed of being this person that I don't believe in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really fascinating. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about, about these Leo qualities because I think everything you said is it's spot on. Right. And what, I've noticed about Leo's and the reason that I thought this would be a really great episode to talk about leadership in is that Leo's kind of gravitate towards that leadership role. And if they're in that leadership role, they shine. And if they're not in that leadership role, it can get a little ugly. How does it, how does it get ugly? So I think because Leo's want the spotlight on them, like it's just a natural crave. It's a natural craving. They, you know, I I think that we put all kinds of judgments on that, but um, they shine best in the light. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they want they want to be really drowning in sunlight. Like that's just think of the lion lounging on a ledge, just soaking up the sun. And that's a great position for a leader to be in. I mean, if you think about this in terms of energy. 
And I deal with this a lot, this energy thing in, in my groups and how I want that to go. Um, Leo's want the focus on them. And so when they're in a leadership position and all the energy, I mean, energy is light. A lot of the time, sometimes it can turn nasty and negative and dark, but oftentimes it's, it's bright light. And so Leo's like, absorb that it's, it's protein for them. So if, if everything is kind of focused on them, they're, they're glowing. Yeah. It's a good place for a Leo to be. If on the other hand, they're down the chain of command somewhere and feeling like that light is shining elsewhere, then they're trying to figure out how to steer it back to them, which can be a total distraction in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the tricks with people who live on sunlight is to figure out how to how to make sure they're fed, and that's really important when you're the leader. Because let's face it, one twelfth of the population is not going to be in leadership roles. So if you're leading a team, then there's a chance there's going to be a Leo in there, and so how do you? make sure that they're getting the light they need, you know, that, that they're like drinking it up. Um, and I think it's easy to think, oh, everybody needs that, but it's not true. There are, there are some people either if we want to kind of work on the archetypes of, of the signs, like a Scorpio, um, or if we just want to work on more personality types, a real introvert who don't want to have all that energy coming toward them. Having that level of energy coming towards you is intense. And one of the things that I always say to my groups is I want to lead from the circle, not from the stage. And I think I've probably said that here before too. And some of that for me is I don't actually do well energetically with that level of energy coming straight at me. I need the buffer of sending it around the circle. Almost more interesting is how do you lead if you're an introvert? Yeah, and I I have been really fascinated with this concept of feminine leadership and creative leadership uh, because, like I said, uh, at a younger age when I was learning about myself and leadership and I sort of felt uh, shame over wanting to be the leader and shame for wanting to be in charge and wanting to be seen. I think this is, can be an interesting conversation around like the masculine version of leadership or bossness and the feminine uh, energy of it. Uh, and I really love the writer and speaker Simon Sinek. And he wrote a book called Leaders Eat Last. And he has an amazing interview with Marie Forleo, which we'll link to where he talks more about this Um, and really talking about leading with empathy and leading through emulation and really trying to um, convey a message and create a movement and also rally the people in organization through your actions. And I think this can really resonate with introverts. It doesn't mean standing on the podium, you know, in your pantsuit and rah, rah, rah. You know, I'm thinking we're in the the time of the political conventions right now where you're seeing people like really out in the spotlight speaking loudly. You know, that doesn't necessarily need to be your brand of leadership to really affect change and stir someone's soul and have people take action towards like a better world or a better life. 
I really love how Simon Sinek talks about it could be as small as like picking up the dollar bill that someone dropped in front of you or if the coffee pot is empty in your office not relying on the next person who needs coffee to make it but making a quick pot of coffee and then going back to work that this is true leadership and I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm also just thinking about energy flow. So yang energy tends to flow outward. Yin energy tends to flow inward. So I think that when you start to think about leadership styles, there's that kind of yin leadership style, which pulls everyone in. It's like a great big hug. And so it's more about being receptive to what's going on around you and managing those energies, right? So you take everything in, braid it up in a new way, and then see how it flows back out. Whereas more of a young style of leadership is the, the more outward, um, putting energy out and seeing how that affects the organization, how that resonates, and then putting the next bit of energy out. So it's, it's almost a directional thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that for most of us, nothing, nothing is cut and dry and simple. We inhale and we exhale. If all we did all the time was inhale, we die. And if we only exhaled, we die. Mm -hmm. So you probably have some areas of your life and your business where you do a more yin style and some areas where you're more yang. And that is totally normal, right? I love that. I love how you always bring in the like counterbalanced energies. It just feels so nice to, to hear because even as a Leo, I sometimes, <laughs> right? Like I sometimes breathe pressure, occasionally. I sometimes pressure, I can't breathe occasionally. That is exactly it. I pressure myself to be on, to be expressive, to be like high energy in like there. I have my introverted, like intuitive moments and I have like, you know, winter, I'm like hibernating and I'm chilling and I can still leave from that place. It's just looks different. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I noticed early on with teachers is think, like, think back, think back to high school, think back to college. You have some teachers who get up to the front of the room and the class is noisy, right? Everyone's chattering away and they lift their voice over the noise to get your attention. And then you have other teachers who come in under the noise to get your attention. They just start talking. And if you don't shut up, then you miss it. And that's as intriguing to us as humans as the person who's, you know, really out there rallying. So I think Mm -hmm. you can go either, either way. And for most of us, if we can cultivate both sides, there are different situations and different, you know, different situations call for different sides of ourselves to step forward, to be the pe- the best person to resolve whatever's going on. Yeah. And to really check yourself if you have a preconceived notion of what, I mean, anything is right, but of what leadership of good leadership looks like good business looks like the best way to entrepreneur looks like, and to really try to like cleanse yourself of that preconceived notion, because we're ever shifting human beings. The energies are always shifting in the cosmos. Um, we're at different times, different pe- different versions of ourselves. I'm thinking about like different parts of my moon cycle and where my energy is 
um, and that I can be effective in all those areas. Right. Right. And I think there's also different mediums. Like in what, in what place are you leading? For instance, if I get on a webinar with a bunch of all new people who have never been on a webinar with me, they don't know me and they don't know each other. And I decide to go into introverted mode and I'm just sitting there doing the dead air time, you know, waiting for them to ask, answer the question that I asked 10 minutes ago. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But if I try that same tactic one-on-one with a person and I just let that dead air sit there until they start to open up to fill it, it works beautifully. So I think you have to flex, you know, what, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? What medium are you using? And how's the person responding? I think you always have to have like a finger on the pulse of your team. You have to understand what each person needs to, to operate at their best. And that's part of what makes you a good leader. Because if you feed information to people in a way that doesn't let them do their work, then you start to get glitches in the team. And that's like the same thing applies to students, to your family members. Um, sometimes it's just finding the, the right way to present something and moderating your own en- energy, right? Yeah. I, when I hire someone, I find out what their sign is. And I have them take the Myers-Briggs test. Uh, And it's for me to understand. First of all, I have a pretty good understanding of who I work with best, you know, because it's my business. And so I need someone that can really flow with me and not get super frustrated when all of a sudden I'm shifting everything two days before launch. That happens every time, by the way. And... Um, someone to support me when I'm in like deep self doubt and someone to like get the stuff done so that I can be a little more visionary and wild. And so, and then for me to also understand like how they take criticism, how they best receive praise, um, how they like to organize. Um, and I also like to know when their birthday is, you know, I, I find that to be a really great way to sort of weave in and secure this team dynamic so that we can function, you know, in the best way possible. And that was recommended to me by a coach right at the beginning. So I did that from right at the beginning. And then I, and I, you know, and I've had some hires that didn't really work out and it was really trying to understand how personality types and all these different, um, aspects to us melded together. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because I think that you have to find the right match and you have to allow yourself as the team leader to choose the people who are going to be a good personality fit as well as a good skill set fit. Because the other thing that can happen is if you're doing that flowy thing, right? Like I see how this person works and I see how that person works and I'm going to be responsive to that. You can get yourself tied up in knots. So you want to you know, everything in moderation, you want to have some sense of how people work. And then you also want to choose the people who work in a way that's not going to make you crazy pants. Yeah. (laughs) Because even if you can see it and you can kind of go, Oh yeah, I know how I have to talk to that person. If, if getting yourself to the place where like you have to explain it that way is painful to you and you have to do it three times a week, 
that's not so good either. Nope, nope. There's got to be some element of ease yep. to really flow together. Totally. I'd love to touch upon this aspect of leadership we talked about before we pressed record, which is, I like to talk about the being the change, mm. about how you, like the message you're trying to spread, the words you're saying, and then um, we're, t- we're talking about like doing an alignment check, right? Like, are, are my actions aligning with what I'm saying, which is sort of like a subtle leadership quality that I know I love to talk about because I think we slip out of alignment often, even if it's subtle or it's major, it happens. Um, and my, I want to talk about it because I don't want us to shame ourselves about if we slip up, if all of a sudden, like for me, I'm talking about taking breaks from technology and working with your hands and connecting with women. And like some days I'm on the computer all day. I haven't seen a soul and I am not being creative, you know, and that's like, and you're texting me every three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Obsessively. Yeah. Right. And I'm like checking the podcast stats or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. That happens. And, um, to sort of subtly notice, not shame myself and be like, well, I'm a shitty leader <laughs> like, and just be like, oh, okay, let's, you know, come back into alignment because that is actually the work. You know, I like to say we teach what we need to learn and the work is our medicine. Uh, so I want to talk more about that with you. Oh, I love that. The work is our medicine. Yeah. And, and note that I'm texting you right back. There's no <laughs> gap. There's no lag time. Um, I, you know, I think that what's so interesting about what you're saying, Becca, is this to me is self-leadership. Like this is where we get into how are you leading yourself and are you leading yourself in the same way that you would lead your team? Would you shame a team member? You know, we talk about shame a lot. I think that that's a really interesting thing that seems to come up, um, episode after episode. So how, how we get into that self-speak, like it matters on a variety of different topics. And so on this one, it's how do you, how do you lead yourself and how do you gently find ways to get yourself into best practices and into that sense of like your words and your work aligning. Yeah. And we're actually going to, we're going to return to that concept when we do our assignment for ourselves and anyone who wants to follow along. So shall we slip into rapid fire? Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you first this time. Okay. What's your favorite business book at the moment? I don't really read business books. Wait, you don't? (laughs) No, I don't. I buy them sometimes. (laughs) I actually, I actually wiped the dog hair and dust off of ask the other day. And I thought, Oh, I should probably read that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't really read business books. I tend to read about 10 pages and I just can't go any further. Mm-hmm. I would say the, the one book that has made the biggest difference in my business, which is not exactly a business book, it's more of like a self-help kind of book, is The Big Leap. Yeah, great one. The, the Big Leap. Is it um, Gay Henderson? Hendricks. Hendricks. Gay Hendricks. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. I love how you never have a linear answer to my questions. <laughs> it's great, great. And you keep, you keep expecting it. You keep showing total shock. <laughs> it's quite enjoyable. Okay. 
typically, <laughs> what's the what's the last thing you do to end your work day and transition into evening? Turn off the air conditioner. <laughs> because you have you have a dreamy situation. You have your own work studio. I do. I do. I have my little she shed. <laughs> the garage that is now the she shed. The garage that is now the she shed. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Looking back, can you identify um, anything that you've invested into your business that was a total waste of money? I have wasted so much money on logos. <laughs> I am like, I am crazy for fonts. I love fonts. And I also, I love words. So I'm constantly coming up with um, new taglines and new names for things. And I can't. I can't pause. I go straight to GoDaddy. I buy the URL <laughs> and then I go straight to my graphic designer who's, who is not a cheapy graphic designer and have her create something. I have spent thousands on <laughs> logos. I get it. That's such a fun part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Are you employable? Could you work? Okay, I probably could, but I would eventually leave and come back to <laughs> I, I mean, I probably could put that persona on and try and probably do a good job, but eventually I would somehow pivot back to working for myself. Do you think that working for yourself has made you more employable? Like, do you understand team dynamics and things like that in a yes. different way? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I have so much more respect for what like my managers and bosses went through. I just like the thoughts I would think about them, uh, just feel so juvenile now <laughs> where I really understand uh, from a greater depth what they were managing and handling and, you know, thinking about. Yeah. So business or not business. What do you want to learn next? What's on your bucket list? Okay, I want to learn permaculture. I would one of my biggest dreams is to buy land with him and be able to create like a beautiful self-sustaining system there. Wow. Nice. And final question. Okay. If you could take back one thing you've done in business, if you could have like a total take back, it just gets disappeared off the records, erased from the minds of everyone who saw it happen. What would it be? There are some blog posts, <laughs> some newsletters <laughs> that, um, that just didn't need to be published, you know? And it's not because like, I'm, ash I'm ashamed or like I said something that was a little TMI. It was more like, I'm all about TMI. It's really more about like, there they were, a, I was phoning it in. They were not a value, you know, the, the photo didn't render and I just sent it anyways. Cause I was like anxious. Yeah, there's, <laughs> There's a few posts in particular, and there's this one newsletter I sent out maybe like three years ago. The second I pressed send, I was like, that was not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. Oh, man. I'm, I'm picturing, I'm like, how could we create some kind of giant online recycling bin? 
all your worst business moments and let everyone dump their worst business moments and that would be so much drag and drop Uh, yeah yeah but like we can do that on our own computer but wouldn't it be so much fun to have some kind of big public bonfire (laughs) (laughs) oh but my hacker husband would say oh the second it goes online it is there it is always there Yeah, it's actually kind of fascinating because I went through this whole long thing when I left Constant Contact where I made my poor VA go through and like archive every email we'd ever sent in case I ever needed anything again. And all you really have to do is like type in my atoll Constant Contact and you'll find all my old stuff. Oh, everybody go. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to see my really early on emails, yeah, it's, it's everything still out there. Like it's out there because I think that, um, a lot of the mail services, you know how it always says, click to see this on the web. View in browser. Right. So whatever that is, is out there. Yeah. I mean, in a beautiful way, it's really great that our whole journey is like immortalized our online. Whole journey. <laughs> yeah, you really can't it. hide. You really can't hide, which can feel scary. But if you just embrace it, it's like beautiful to watch the the shift and the transformation. Well, and truthfully, I think some of it is also back to this idea of how do we stay in alignment with ourselves and our own values. You know, you and I are talking about little moments where we were off you know, where we send something with a typo or it was written off quick, but we've stayed in alignment enough with our own values and our work has aligned enough with our words and what we're putting out in the world that we don't have these big, huge, oh my goodness moments. And I think that that's that's part of in this very public life. Like you want to stay in alignment, not just for your own integrity, but that helps you feel okay about what's out there in the world. I just want to say I have, I have seen blunders. I have seen fellow entrepreneurs make some pretty profound blunders and recover and be fine. Yeah. So if any of you are freaking out about that, don't worry. Also, people have very short-term memories when it comes to things online because we're, we're encountering so much information every day. Um, so if you send out a newsletter that you regret, don't worry about it. No one remembers but you. Yeah, especially the, the things that we consider blunders are so minor. They're so in minor. The, in the scheme of the world's blunders. Yeah. So should we talk a little bit about how to, how to stay in alignment with yourself so that you don't have that shame at the end of the day, that sense of, I was telling everyone else to do this thing. And meanwhile, I was drinking 27 cups of coffee, pulling (laughs) her out. Yeah. Yeah. So Maya and I are somehow in this, like we've, we've come up with this term alignment check, which sounds like you're getting your tires looked at on your car. But, let's but maybe maybe it will make people think of um, car talk, and which is our favorite. Which is our favorite. <laughs> we love car talk. Yeah, but this but this idea like you got to take care of your car and like make sure the the tires are aligned. Like let's think about our businesses and our personal leadership and how we can realign because we're there are going to be times where we get out of alignment. So we have this process 
that um, Maya and I are going to take on. Uh, I'm very excited to take it on. Um, love an action item. Uh, so maybe Maya, you talk about the steps we laid out. Step number one, the very first thing is you have to actually know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you might want to go back, read your own blog posts, listen to your own podcast, see what emails you've sent to people, see how you're presenting yourself in the world. And this actually wasn't part of our process, but I, I think that it's actually really important if you're reading through things or listening to yourself. If you're listening and you're going, oh my goodness, I don't know why I said that stuff. Then you have a problem with right speech. Like the first thing you have to do is make sure that um, what you're outputting into the world is actually what you believe in. Mm -hmm. But let's kind of go from the idea of what you're outputting into the world is spot on, but you're not following through for yourself, right? So you're telling everyone else to drink nettle tea while you guzzle 17 cups of coffee, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So the next step, step number two is scan your actions over the past week. So you're going to scan your actions and then you can compare actions to words and see if your work is actually lining up with what you're saying out in the world. Yes. Do your words line up with your work? And if they don't, this is the moment where the big S can come in. And the big S. The big S. <laughs> you know, shame comes stomping into the room and tells you what a bad girl you are. Um, and so enter this moment with awareness that this is not about shame. Before you even start scanning over your actions, before you begin step two, lock the door, tell shame, not allowed in. Because we really want to go for a gentle self-correction. And the way that you're going to do that is in the morning when you come to your desk or if you prefer to do it right when you wake up, you're going to choose how you're going to act for the day. Okay. Now, we want for us and for you to take this a step deeper than we usually do. We kind of usually do the... Um, you know, I'm going to choose my mood for the day. I'm going to choose to be joyful. <laughs> I'm going to choose to be blissful, which is great because we do have control over our emotions and deciding not to be an angry fuck up all day is, is actually a really good thing, <laughs> but that doesn't get you to right action. So what we really want to do is get deeper than that. So if you've noticed that for instance, your emails, like your email responses to people you're working with have been snarky. And that's not your way in the world. And there are some, some people whose brands are about snark. So if your brand's about snark and you want to be snarky with your team, they signed up for it. <sighs> but if that's not your way in the world and you're noticing that that's out of alignment for you, then you're going to set the intention in the morning to send really kind, loving emails. Okay, so we're looking for actionable intentions so that you're choosing actions that make your work line up with your words. Yeah. So I did a morning check-in this morning after my little meditation and lemon water and, um, which I sometimes didn't, don't do, but I did. Shame. Oh no. Shame. Shame. <laughs> so the next morning I recommit and, um, I, I use the five minute journal 
I highly recommend the five minute journal if you struggle with journaling in the morning and it asks you what you're grateful for. And then it says, what three things can you do today to make a good, it a good day? And for me, that's an opportunity to infuse it with this alignment check for myself. You know, I've done this scan and like for me right now, it's more nature. It's getting myself out into nature a little bit every day, walking to the waterfall, the street, touching the trees, taking off my shoes and putting them in the grass, stepping away from the computer at least once. And it can be something as subtle as that. You know, oftentimes those are the most powerful actions. Yeah. So for me, I've been focusing on getting some exercise, especially, especially if you have a body that's a little hurty. I think it's really easy to say exercise, exercise hurts, exercise isn't so good for me, but trying to figure out what the exercise is that, that you can do that's comfortable is super important. I I'm like, I'm injured from head to toe. I was a horseback rider for years and fell on my back way too many times to count. Um, but especially now that my life is so computer based. Yeah. Move that body. Yeah, the exercise piece is super important. My standing desk helps, but it ain't everything. Okay, guys, take this on. If alignment check feels like something you want to infuse into your weeks and your days, take it on and let us know how it's going for you. You can leave a comment at thelunarlab.com and click on the episode and let us know how it's going. Or you can tweet us, uh, the Lunar Lab. Uh, or hit us up on Instagram, Maya Toll and the Dabalist. We really want to engage with you on this experiment because it's something we really don't know what's going to happen. We're trying it ourselves, and we'd love to know how it's going for you. I'm having a car talk moment. Okay. You've just wasted another hour <laughs> <laughs> listening to the Lunar Lab. <laughs> if you haven't listened to car talk, that's the other assignment for the day. Yes. Listen to car talk and we dare you not to laugh when they laugh. Yeah. Laugh your ass off with car talk. It's good medicine. It's good medicine. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We love you so much and we love hearing from you. If you haven't done it already, we'd love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review uh, because that's how more people find us. All right. See you soon. Bye.